Welcome to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and today my guest is Eric from Umeo. Welcome, Eric. It's such an honor to be on your podcast, and we have loved listening to it over the now what's coming up over a couple of years almost. Yeah, that's right. Wow. We're in the we're in the third season and about to finish that up this summer. So. I love it. Sounds like a Netflix show. We're in the third <laughs> season, you know. Like, have you guys seen episode 14 yet? That's when the big reveal happens. <laughs> Turned out none of them were expatriates. It they was- were all just Swedish people faking it. <laughs> it was a scam. I don't even live in this country. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I like uh, that. We got to spice it up a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, because you know, one thing is when you move to a new country, as I'm sure many of your listeners are aware, you can kind of develop a new personality. I lived in Paris for a while and I was so sick of tourists asking me questions that I created this alternate character. His name was Francois and he was French Canadian. So that's why. Um, oh, smart. Thanks. Right. That's like, excuse my weird accent. And then I, I wrote a whole backstory. He was a dentist in Canada and then he fell in love with some girl from the French countryside and then that didn't work out and then he moved to Paris and now he's trying to find work in dentistry but nobody wants to hire him so he's part-timing as a English teacher etc etc and I I developed this whole personality Um, you're very detailed (laughs) (laughs) well I think part of the trick to deception is getting the details right but not overdoing it yeah well I think that works like if you're temporarily (laughs) in another country it could you could run into some problems with a completely new personality if you end up staying somewhere. <laughs> That's <laughs> you got to ease yeah. off it a little yeah. bit. But you're originally from the U.S. But I'm you- a big mix. Okay. My yeah. mom is German and my dad is half Italian and half Filipino. They met in the United States and I was conceived and born in the United States. And then I have lived in seven countries. Sweden is number seven. Wow. Can, can you go through a list real quick? Yeah. U.S., England, Japan, Germany, France, Italy, and Sweden. Wow. I'm very interested in the Italy part, but we'll save that for off the podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So now you've been in Sweden for a little over three years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Up here, way, way north in Umeå. And I know you've had some guests from even further north, but uh, we're pretty high up there. It's an eight hour drive if you stop, you know. Ah, okay. I had the distance. So it's um, 600 kilometers north of Stockholm or like 370 miles Mm. north. But I can't believe I didn't, as an American, I didn't think about the drive time because that's really how you know how far something is well you have to account for moose crossing right and and or other relatively large forest creatures (laughs) will pass in front of your car i love it it happens right outside of stockholm but it's still very rare here so it's very exciting to think about living more up north where moose are are a regular thing (laughs) moose and man mingle here in umeo yeah (laughs) i love it that's great So uh, let's see, Umeå is, uh, you know, we've had a couple of guests from Umeå before, and it's a college town, which is what attracts a lot of immigrants and expats, and a lot of people stay, so like you so far. I would implore, yeah, all your listeners to come here and stay. Well, the more I'm reading about it and the more I'm checking up on some of the things you wrote, which we're about to get to, the more I'm like, I think I got to go check this place out. This seems pretty awesome. I I don't know if I'd be able to handle the cold weather, but 
otherwise, the city sounds charming. Listeners of your podcast, are there are too many, so I can't offer a broad invitation for them all to stay at our place, but <laughs> they're all very welcome for a tour of the city. Just contact me, and I love showing people around Umeå. It's it's gorgeous, and so music above all. Yes, I, I see that you've fallen in love with that word, and just the whole <laughs> lifestyle around Swedish coziness uh, really sounds like a, a cozy kind of place. So you've been working for Umeå Today, which is like a bilingual news service. I don't know if it's just news or just just information about Sweden, Umeå, what's going on, but both in English and Swedish, which I really appreciate. When I moved here, it was so difficult. It's been uh-huh. 20 years, but it was so difficult to find out what was going on in Sweden before I understood the language. So this is very appreciated. <laughs> yeah, um, it, we call it a news magazine. So the product is about half of it is hard news and half of it is cultural. It's very directed at Umeå residents and visitors, the practical things that they need to know to keep their day going. And also we we try to do investigative journalism on stuff that the local media has not been able to cover because of uh, you know media consolidation. Umeå hasn't had its own newspaper in something like 70 years. Right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the city needs good investigative journalism. So we'll be doing some of that as well. Uh, but the bilingual thing is, according to our re- research, 15% of the city does not have Swedish as a mother tongue and doesn't speak Swedish well enough to understand a Swedish newspaper. So if you don't produce it bilingually, then you're missing 15% of the city. And that's not very democratic. That's right. Because when I was looking it up, along with being a college town, which is maybe the reason for that, 10% of the people who live in Umeå are aren't born in Umeå or even Sweden because yeah. it attracts so many people from other countries. So it makes a lot of sense to do it. And I way. imagine Stockholm, Göteborg, Malmö, you have probably have even higher population of non-Swedish speakers. Very um, international. And, yeah. So we are trying to pioneer. This is not easy, Heather. <laughs> this is really <laughs> No, like, I can imagine. No, you know, uh, we're trying to pioneer an online news magazine that everybody can read, that everybody will be interested in, that people will relate to, and as well as keep it affordable. So that requires us to create up a new product. Like when we were researching this, we um, actually tried to bring back an antiquated technology that you might know what it is, a town crier for your Swedish listeners. That's a stadsutropara. Oh, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good to have more like what you need to know, especially Mm -hmm. if you can't read Swedish or understand Swedish from watching, you know, any kind of local news or anything like that. I would imagine it's like things you need to know, the things that are important for everyone in this town to know what's going on. Yep. It all started actually at the beginning of the coronavirus crisis. So I had, I had written an academic paper about this question. How do you improve local journalism? And then coronavirus came and I was like, well, this is a really great opportunity to start a news organization. And so we published this newsletter in English about Corona in Umeå. Every day I wrote, and I really thought it would just go to end up going to friends, but it really spread and we had thousands of readers and it was a good proof of concept. So then we ended up in a startup incubator and they gave us lots of resources to build it. And then we spent at least eight months uh, just developing the product. And then we had this Kickstarter. And the, the central prize for this Kickstarter is the Umio Handbook, which is a book that I meanwhile wrote during that time. And then we have these fantastic illustrators and graphic designer who make the book very much a tangible experience. The Umio Handbook is a satire, uh, but it's a loving, gentle satire about the city 
and its claim, the central claim of the book is that Umeå is the world's most musig city. And for our non-Swedish audience, we say the, uh, the closest pronunciation to that is really moose sick. <laughs> and it's really, how, how would you translate it directly? A loose translation would be cozy, happy where you are, settled in. It doesn't really cover it, but we can, mm. we can say cozy just mm. for now to mm. get a general idea. But I think it's a whole lifestyle concept. Exactly. It's a philosophy. So the book is basically a 250-page 200, love letter to Umio and explanation of how you can live a musig life no matter where you are on earth, whether it's Umeå or Utah or Ulaanbaatar or-, or That's what or I think Stockholm. is, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's wonderful. So I was reading a little bit about your Kickstarter and the book and that it's, of course, and extremely useful for people in Umeå and the surrounding areas, but also pretty good for all of us here in Sweden, especially immigrants, expats, to learn a little more about the Swedish lifestyle. Even though certain things are slightly different in different regions, there is a lot that is the same and can help explain, like, why do they do things like this? Why, why is it like that? Or, oh my God, I should be doing that too. Yeah. I'm thinking with your use of musig, I'm thinking of the Swedish uh, Fredog's mus, where mm. it becomes that that's another like weird kind of Swedish lifestyle thing where Fridays uh, for many families, at least just become this, this is when the whole family, we get together on Fridays and we just, you know, we kind of some easy junk food that we didn't have to make. And we might watch a movie or some terrible Swedish show that I don't watch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that last part. um, So this is, this is also like part of this musig lifestyle, which I think your book touching on how this is and Umio is is also interesting for the rest of us to fit in, but even better for people outside of Sweden just to see and get a peek into you know, what is life like in Sweden and in northern Sweden, yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, so we break down life in Umio into basically four stages: birth and childhood, studying, working, and free time. So we start the bo- book with literally we talk about how you get born in umio like which soft wool tartan blanket you should when you swaddle your baby right and which store to get it in and then we go all the way through to you know like what your gravestone is going to be like which is covered (laughs) by snow for six months of the year this Um, is the kind of stuff no one tells you it's nice to know the details Yeah, and we've got lots of diagrams, fantastic drawings. Or I should give a shout out to our graphic designers, Hannah Nordin, Daria Krobuk, and our illustrator, Suzanne Follin Hornberg. We teamed up to create illustrations throughout the book that give you more advice on how to be cozy. So we have illustrations of like typical Umeå fashion, you know, which is this really great mix of practicality, of course, because it's often below zero degrees Celsius here. But also trying to dress in a way that invites other people in to conversation. So one of, I think the key stereotypes about the Swedes that really doesn't hold in Umeå and in the North is that they are distant. Yeah, keeping to people. themselves. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, sometimes people want their privacy. They sit on the bus and they put on their get away from me headphones and you know not to bother them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but Umebor, which is, of course, the Swedish way of saying people who live in Umeå, are a pretty friendly bunch. Um, and a lot of Umeå lifestyle is dedicated toward facilitating 
social solidarity. So we break mus or music down into six different values. So there's social solidarity, there is non-offensiveness, non-gossiping, education, and a couple others. So we think that at the core of mus and like a music lifestyle is living out these values. And then, so throughout the book, we describe how at your job or with which dog breed you choose or um, how you uh, plan your fika, what bands you listen to, you know, like which events you attend, how they all sort of live out this value system. And all, all of that taken together is music. So uh, the best way to understand it is that people in, in, particularly in Umeo, we are absolutely saturated by nature all the time. We're constantly being reminded of its presence, whether it's a snowstorm or it's total darkness for a few months of the year or whether it's super bright in the summer or, you know, and, and that awareness of nature makes people more aware of their own smallness in the universe, right? And the importance of we're all stuck in this together. It would be impossible to live in Umeå without really good cooperation. I think this is all such great advice. Again, this is, is something I could have used for Stockholm moving to here because these are things like even for people who are say in relationships with Swedish people or have Swedish relatives, Swedes rarely think of these types of things, which I don't think I would either. I wouldn't think to really get into why we wear this, why we do that. And okay, well, generally people here don't really gossip and things like that. And these are the the small things that it's so great to have an overview of why they do this, why it's like that. And you do feel like you can fit in more. And I don't know how Umeå is. You have like a very old, it is an old city. So you must have some very old section of towns, maybe with cobblestone or something it's, here actually, and there. Heather, it's really sad. Umeå has burned down at least. Oh, I did read that. Time. Yeah, yeah. Umeå just, <sighs> the city has a tendency to burn down. And just side note, in 1888, the third time that the city burned down, the city managers decided to plant birch trees somehow to prevent fire from spreading. I don't understand the chemistry there. We got to look that up. <laughs> it hasn't burned down since then. So Umebor, they attach spiritual significance to these birch trees as if these birch trees were sort of like had direct connection to God, protecting them and protecting their city. I mean, really the, the, the obsession with birch in Umeå is, is, is quite exaggerated. That's very interesting. Yeah. I got to read more into this. <laughs> but anyway, so we do have a few old buildings that survived the fires. We have an absolutely fantastic medieval church uh, in Bakken. Uh. But, it, and, and it, but the, the downtown, you know, when they rebuilt it, they did a lot of, this was 1888. So you can imagine there's a lot of kind of like Gothic revival and um, Art nice. Nouveau. And yeah, so it, it's, it's not all modern. You have a nice mix there, but I would wonder living so far north in Umeå, what are some of the things that you think differ a bit from maybe the rest of Sweden? Okay, so the first thing you have to understand about Umeå is you can dress however you want and nobody will care. You could put on a frog costume and walk in the middle of downtown on in the summer and, and, and everybody would just sort of like, oh, there's a guy in a frog costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a remarkably tolerant city in that in many, many ways we can talk about that. There are, however, various symbols that you, you can use to show 
how local you are, right? So anything with, with moose print or birch print, that's an automatic giveaway. Huh. Um, yeah, and it's, and it's common. You'd be surprised how many people have little moose on their sweaters or on their scarves or on their pantyhose or whatever. Uh, of course, um, anything which is re reminiscent of, of Sami colors and culture. And you have to be careful about this because there's always a dialogue about cultural appropriation, right? right? But there is a deep respect for, and I would say desire to protect and even further to encourage the, the continuation and perhaps the expansion of, of a lot of Sami uh, ideas and themes and culture and so forth in Umeå. So I interviewed for the book, this guy named Mark Stormberry. He was actually down in Stockholm, but he's from Umeå. And he created, he's an artist, a fantastic artist who uses kind of like a combination of hip hop type art with anime top, type art. And he does all kinds of art about Umeå. And he created this thing called the Cloudberry Grenade. So it's, an image of a, of a your throne. You guys yes, yeah. which is not in a lot of countries. So for our listeners, it's a type of berry called a cloud berry, basically. And it's, it's orange. It has such a unique flavor, but it's not found in all parts of Sweden. So it's usually if you, you can buy it in the store here, but it's a lot more expensive than the other berries. Yeah, yeah, is it? yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine it is. So yeah, here you can get it in the store. Um, most people go and pick and freeze, basically. But mm -hmm. um, the Jortron Granate, Cloudberry Grenade, is literally a grenade which, when it explodes, cloudberries shoot all over the place, right? And it's on stickers and it's on t shirts and it's uh, uh, graffitied around the city, you know? And I said, what, what does this mean, Mark? Like, why are exploding berries? And he said, that Jortron for him is one of the symbols of Norland. And the Jortron Ganat is meant to be a symbol of the protection of Norland. And I said, what do you mean protection of Norland? That sounds kind of non-cooperative in a way. And he said, well, really to me, it represents protection of Sami culture, Sami history and, and Sami narratives. So the influence of Sami in, in the North is very well felt in Umeå. And I think that that's something that was not talked enough about. Well, I feel also like this uh, cloudberry hand grenade is also like spreading the culture to other yeah. places as yes. well. You know, Absolutely. like you can't ignore us. Here we are. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. <laughs> it's making it an important kind of deal. So you can interpret it that way. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. But it also seems like this book, it, it has a lot of humor in it. And I know that you, uh, I saw on, on your Kickstarter where you talk about a few of the chapters, you have things like how to get home in the winter if you're drunk, you know, which way to go and how to find your way back. And again, excellent tips. You never get out of the normal guidebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I love that. I'm very interested in seeing the other things that that you cover in there. Um, but right now, is this still a Kickstarter or is this now have you met? I know that you've done. gone beyond your goal. Yeah, yeah. We, we ended up with 142% of our goal. Thank you. Thank you, everybody who contributed out yes. there. And so that's huge because that means that we can add another reporter to our Umio Today product, but also we can now host Muse Fest. 
So if any of your listeners want to really kind of come to Umio and understand the spirit of the city, that hopefully will be some, maybe September, maybe, maybe a bit Ooh, later nice. in the fall. And we're going to have a, a, a book launching party, which will also be a celebration of mus and music. And how are we going to do that? We don't know yet. We have no <laughs> idea. Nobody's ever done a party like that before. So we're trying to work out the details, but there will definitely be your Tron cloudberries. Well, there has to be. Party. For those of us late to the Kickstarter, can yeah. we still order the book somewhere? You, you will be able to order the book sh- shortly, hopefully uh, beginning to mid-June online, uh, most likely through Amazon. And then we also uh, will have some retailers lined up too. Yeah. Wonderful. So when, when that does come out, do you let me know? And I'll also put that <laughs> on our social media sites so people well, can find the fan- book easily. That's really fantastic. And of course, we'll give a shout out to, to the podcast uh, in our marketing as well. Thank you. Could you share maybe one little secret tip from your book, maybe to entice people that you have to see in Umeo that's kind of off the regular guidebooks? Okay, ready? Yes. When you get to Umeo, one of the best tourist spots is the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't have known that. Okay, first of all, from the top floor of the hospital, which is on a hill over the city, you have the most fantastic view, not only over Umeå, but literally tens of kilometers in every direction over the hills of Norlan. And it is fantastic. And then also in our hospital, we have a museum of uh, the history of medicine with all kinds of scary sometimes uh, devices that doctors would use in the old days to do things like surgery and extract teeth. So I, I know there's another one of those museums in Uppsala, but, but ours really gives it a run for the money. <laughs> I will remember that. <laughs> Not your so, usual tourist spots. No, no. These are the kind of things we explain in the book. Obviously, we have the usual tourist spots. You know, we've got our guitar museum. We have our art museum. We have our opera. Uh, of course. The, the cool thing about Umeå is because we're so far from any other large city, we have everything here. Even though there's only 130,000 inhabitants in the commune and only 80,000 inhabitants in the city, we need to have everything. So for example, we've got a children's science museum with its own little planetarium, which was just built. It's really funky. You go in there, it's very, it's like a trip, you know? Um, And uh, we we have uh, uh, our own little ski mountain in the, in the middle of the city, right? Wow. Um, because we're, you know, because we're still four or five hours from the mountains. Like you name it, whatever facility you need, Umio's got it, despite its size. This is wonderful. You can totally work for the Umio Tourist Board, I think. <laughs> you've, you've convinced me that I need to get up there. It, you know, a, a lot of people are still traveling within Sweden that live in Sweden this year. So I think this could be like, a really good tip. And I hope the hospital doesn't wonder why there's so many tourists wandering in going, where's the elevator to the top? Don't worry. I already wrote to them. They know it's happening. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing the information about your town in this book and Umeå today. That's going to be helpful to quite a lot of people. And like I said, as soon as the book is available for everyone to buy, we'll put all those links on our social channels as well. So everybody can find it. I have to buy a copy too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks so much. It's been super fun and we're big fans of the podcast and can't wait for future episodes. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>